Welcome to Manufacturing Talk Radio, your source for breaking news, business trends, and economic forecasts here and abroad that impact one-third of America's economy. And now your hosts, Lou Weiss and Tim Grady. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Manufacturing Talk Radio. We are addressing a hot and heavy subject that you're seeing in the news, but you're not seeing all of the story in the news. So Lou and I are doing the complete story on the tariffs, Lou, which we're hearing bits and pieces of, but not the whole story. Uh, Right, and uh, reality is something having to do with truth. And we have not been hearing truth since March 23rd when the steel tariffs went into effect. And uh, we're hearing a lot, and uh, we're going to talk about this now. Uh, And we do have a a guest with us, which we're not going to tell you about yet. Uh, And we're we're going to talk about the uh, steel tariffs and the fact that this – how – Terrible this is for our country, terrible for the end users, terrible for our customers, and the fact that steel tariffs, this is now the fifth time that a president has tried to make steel tariffs work for the benefit of our country, and it never has. And uh, we're, we're going to talk about that. Uh, we do have a um, a gentleman, uh, a lawyer, who's going to be on our show. We are going to have a uh, another um, individual on today uh, regarding um, a steel distributor who has been negatively impacted in the past and now in the present. And we're going to have a freight forwarder company, which is, uh, I'm not going to tell you the name yet, who's going to be on the show and tell us all about what goes on with regards to the steel tariffs. So, uh, Tim, let's, uh, let's give a three, four-minute story about what our Uncle Sam is doing to us. So it began back in uh, Trump's campaign days where he decided that it would be good for the country if he could get steel workers back to work. And the, his method of doing that would be to lay tariffs on steel coming from, we thought at the time, many countries around the world. As we have since learned, those tariffs have been uh, weighed against China primarily. In fact, China is the only country I know of where there's a 25% tariff on steel and a 10% tariff on aluminum. Have you heard any other country names? Well, he did originally, and then he uh, he gave everybody a, a, a pass, and uh, for the most part has uh, really penalized China, which China deserves some penalization on certain issues that they do with us. However, the total steel input into this country uh, is 2% of our imports, and th- this is negligible, and yet he's... I believe, using this as a ploy to bargain with them, which is very clever, maybe. Uh, But the point is that in the process, he is hurting this country. And this all goes along with uh, uh, situations with the soybean exports, the 
pig exports and so on. I mean, our whole Midwest agricultural segment of this country, they're going to be just devoured by the fact that their soybeans are going to rot, the pigs are going to get too fat, and so on and so forth. But we're not talking about pigs and soybeans today. We're talking about steel. And uh, I think that at this point we perhaps should uh, introduce our guest, and uh, I'll be happy to do that. We have Howard Steele from uh, North Carolina, and we have the CEO, James Howard. James, thank you for being on the show, and thank you for standing up for America. Uh, You're quite welcome. So what's going on? What's happening? I would like to uh, expand a little bit on what some of what you just said, because there's a uh, lot of validity to that when you're you're talking about the uh, steel tariffs. Uh, mostly what I was buying uh, from the get-go was uh, 99% of it was domestic. It had nothing to do with uh, I've never even bought anything from China, but I would see stuff from uh, South Africa, Ukraine, or maybe Turkey or something like that, but, you know... Uh, we do work for, uh, manu- uh, you know, uh, sub work for other manufacturers uh, where we got to cut the parts out, or, uh, or just in steel distributors. And most of that stuff, the certifications on it is like rust or sinking water. So we, we mainly just buy uh, uh, domestic steel, but it, uh, it goes a lot with. And I hope it's not a repeat of 2007, but it, uh, it, it's beginning to look that way. But it wasn't so much that all this uh, become in effect uh, March of 23rd. This stuff started in, I'm going to say the third week of January. It was, you know, the promise or the mention of uh, tariff. And then they started the uh, price increases. And the only way I know how to uh, describe it, you went, um, uh, you know, in the past, uh, what happened, and kind of what's going on now, but you end up with a facade market. It's just they're telling you, uh, well, you know, we're going, you, know, you better get whatever you need, and maybe a little bit more, uh, you know, hedge it because we're going to go up again next week, and then. The week after that, it goes up next week. And especially from the uh, manufacturing uh, uh, part of it, if you're a vendor or you're set up as a vendor for a manufacturer, uh, they give you a list of whatever uh, parts you're going to cut or produce for them or whatever. It's not that they got you uh, nailed down, but you are somewhat nailed down. When you give them a, a proposal, uh, in January or whatever it may be, then they kind of want you to stick to that uh, price. And uh, the only way you can be able to stick to that price is you're going to now not only be a steel distributor and cut out parts, you're going also going to be a banker because you're going to have to pre-buy it just so you know that, uh, you know your uh, price is going to uh, stay the same. That's part on the right. uh, manufacturing yeah. side uh, that it's, you know that's that's awful. I mean, 
the last time this thing happened, and then there were some other situations, but and I'm talking specifically uh, 2007 when uh, uh, President Bush did this thing. But uh, I understand, you know, there was uh, uh, mortgage-backed securities and uh, uh, banks needed bailing out. I mean, just anything you could think of, but. We're not talking like a, a 25 or 30 percent increase. We're talking like 400 percent. But here's how steel mills work. Now I don't know about China because I don't buy boatloads from China. But as far as uh, domestic mills and stuff, the way they work, they do everything on an uh, allocation. And if you're not literate in steel, I'll just give you uh, like a metaphorically speaking. But we'll say a size of a two by two by quarter inch angle iron. And they're gonna roll that in the uh, month of May. Okay, and they, uh, we'll say that they're rolling 200 tons. Well, they may have orders for 400 tons, but they, won't make, they will not change that rolling. They're gonna roll 200 tons. What you're gonna do is you're gonna to have to get on to the next rolling. And that rolling won't come up for another six weeks. So, uh, by you know, you, you know, literally, I was sitting there uh, scrambling uh, the last time because I had rolling dates all the way out to six months, especially with super large uh, steel distributors. Uh, they were buying anything and everything that they could get, and, and but you know, uh, the, the uh, demand, the only demand was uh, created was by the service centers. Or I'm not the service centers, but the meals. They were sure. And uh, yeah, that I think I told you yesterday. You know why did they do that? Because they can. There's no other reason for it. If you can explain to me how in uh, I, I'm just going to give you some uh, basics, but uh, as a raw product, uh, we'll say uh, sheets or discrete plate or angles or structural shapes. If you can tell me how you go from 38 cents a pound until every week up to now to 60 cents a pound, that's almost uh, uh, 100% increase. But that, that they don't do it at one time. They do it every week, and, and they do it with uh, you're intimidated. You know, uh, one, uh, I've got to turn around and tell my customer, I mean, they're going to look at you like you're, you're crazy or something. They come in there, uh, if you get a, a good order on, uh, uh, we'll just say the two by two by a quarter, and they come in and buy a half a truckload of it. And then they say, well, you know, we got another job. We need another uh, half a truckload. And a week later, it's done going up three or four cents. And I have to pass that on because I don't have a floor stock to cover it. Uh, James, of course, you're you're being victimized here. And let me tell you, uh, being that we're in the metals industry uh, as well, my company, All Metals and Forge Group, here, here's what's going on, and this is what I saw happen back in end of March. And that was that the U.S. steel mills, and I'll name names, Nucor, uh, Latrobe, Carpenter Technology, uh, Timken, when they heard that there was going to be a steel tariff, they started raising prices right then and there because, as you put it, 
they can. There is no reason why they're raising prices. They're not affected by the steel tariff. So what they did was on a 25% increase in steel tariff on steel, alloy steel, stainless steel, is a 25% duty increase. They raised their prices 17, 18%. So they are now under the raise of under the rise of the tariff of 25, and yet they are still making 17, 18% more than they were. This is a disgrace. This should have been when the government and the administration decided to put in a tariff. They should have put in price freezes on steel uh, steel pricing in the United States so that what the steel mills are doing now could not happen. And all that's happening now is that the end user, you, me, uh, the woman who's buying a washing machine, the woman who's buying a, a, a refrigerator, the, the man who needs to put in solar panels, they're all paying the price. And this is a colossal disgrace. So that's where I see it going. Tim, you got anything to add to that? Yeah, clearly, Lou, we've watched this uh, back to March 23rd. It happened before that. Last year, steel prices went up about 20%. And for the most part, guys like James Howard tried to absorb it, not pass it on to the customer because he's right. The customers were all price sensitive, pushing on price. Then in January, when you're right, Lou, the steel producers heard that a tariff would, in fact, go into effect after Trump took office. They began ratcheting up their prices. Then the tariffs hit, and the U.S. Customs is collecting tariffs at the border. When goods come in from China and hit U.S. shore, U.S. Customs is assessing and collecting tariffs even though we hear from the administration, we hear from Larry Kudlow, we hear on the nightly news that that's not happening, well, that's not true because, in fact, it is happening. We've had a guest on our show who told the story, and he's working with the customs people and the freight forwarders who he represents as clients, and they are collecting at the border. And in every case, like James Howard was referring to 2002 when Bush did this, and he hit steel. Uh, the mills immediately raised their prices because they're now a protected industry. They immediately get too much demand against what Jim was talking about, uh, where they uh, have a rolling out six weeks, and now the people who were buying it in China can't buy it there anymore, so they have to buy it domestic, so they lay their orders on the mills, and now the mills have a request for 400 tons, but they're going to roll 200 tons, and, you know, tough to you, you're going to get a half order of what you need, and in six weeks or eight weeks when they do the other rolling, you might get the other half, and that cripples manufacturing, it cripples guys like James Howard, who's the distributor of steel, uh, it's a real mess, but who's making out like a bandit are the big steel mills who got I, to, or got to Trump to do it. I will take this one step further, and then we're going to have James continue with uh, his <laughs> aspect of the story. I received at All Metals and Forge a recent quotation from Latrobe Steel and Carpenter Steel, who is a melter and a manufacturer of steel products, and they they don't buy 
imported goods because they manufactured domestic goods. But on their quotes, it said, and I don't have the direct quote. Maybe you have it in front of you, Tim. I'll I'll read it for our audience. It says, due to government tariffs and extreme market volatility, prices and availability are subject to change without notice. All quotes will be confirmed at time of order. James, this goes exactly to what you spoke of, where you make a quote in January, and now your prices are uh, completely different. Your cost is different because the mills just raised the price on you, and your customer, you're right, James, is looking at your cross-side. Would you agree? Exactly. Well, I would go even further, though, because... You know, I'm from the South, so that's obvious. And, and so, I, you know, I'm going to do a philosophy thing here. But if they were making money in January and they were competing with the foreign market, uh, then tell me why they had to go up so much. But are you trying to tell me in January and February y'all were actually not making any money? And then when they put the uh, tariff on the uh, or mention of the uh, tariff on the market, and that to me is almost like an extortion. Uh, well, I don't have to worry about competition anymore or competing, and so when you get these orders coming in there, what sl- what will slow them down? I'll tell you exactly what will slow them down is what happened in 2008, is when you go bust. And when I'm talking right. about bust, you were talking, I cannot pronounce that guy's name exactly, but this was, uh, he told it as good as anybody could tell it. They had him on 60 Minutes, but it was Demiki from uh, Nucor, and he was uh, talking about what had happened to the economy. Now, he was trying to blame it on everything but their self, and, and sometimes you're, uh, you're your uh, own worst enemy. You know, the greed to get the best of you. But he said, you know, business didn't slow down. It stopped, and he was right. It did. It stopped. But when it stopped, because uh, I was sitting there looking, people had bought every rolling uh, on particular sizes all the way out to six months. There's no way I can wait six months on another uh, product. And where I go from a, a 60-day inventory, now I'm pushing a 120-day inventory, which that means rhetorically I'm like a bank now, uh, and not just a distributor, but I'm a bank. And then that 120 days will push me out another 30 or 40 days because, you know, the, the rolling just kept getting pushed out. And there's just, you know, you're limited on, uh, in those days it was SMI, uh, uh, Steel Dynamics. And I, I actually had them come by there uh, in January after all that stuff happened, and they wanted uh, um, a forecast from me. I said, a forecast? Man, I'm lucky I'm even here. I said, all I'm looking at yeah, is where right. people is. Uh, I'm looking at an auction that they're having every other week uh, from the, these people selling lasers and everything else because, you know, y'all just did the best you could, uh, you know, to drive uh, the business away or to the point where people are not making money. And you're right. I do try to eat some of it. And there's only so much of it you can eat now. I've been doing this a long time, so I, I do everything I can, you know, to get that job. And, and for whatever reason, I cannot change uh, the way I think. But I worry about losing the job before I got the job. So I'm putting that 
uh, profit margin in there at a minimum. You know, enough to where I'm uh, I'm making reasonable money to make a living. But you start doing that, and it, I mean, it was passing it all the way down because I don't I don't know if you realize this, but. Uh, even in this time right now, you uh, you can't even get nothing delivered because it's uh, watermelon season. So everybody's hauling produce instead of steel. So, uh, and you know you can get a, a price FOB uh, uh, your door versus going to Jewett, Texas, or wherever you're going to get it, or uh, Arkansas in uh, Newport Yamato or whatever. But the truckers are, they're not delivering, so that that I mean, goes up. Everything goes up. James, let me ask you a question. Uh, it, I mean, obviously there are issues, and you, you're, you've kind of uh, laid out all of the various uh, components of issues. How are you meeting the demand of your everyday orders for your customers? Well, I hope you can uh, uh, tell from the sound of my voice it's a bunch of anxieties. But, uh, and I, you know, it's hard enough to you know just to keep up with inventory, but when your whole job is nothing but inventory, and, and uh, you're sitting there changing your forecast or your demand, what I call a demanding forecast. I look at what, how much I've sold in the last three months, and uh, it, it seems like to me, uh, whoever it is. When things are going good, that's when somebody starts tweaking on it. And things were going good. I mean, we were finally <laughs> getting uh, busy. But, no, this don't, uh, that ain't good enough. Let's tweak it a little bit. Well, you tweaked it to where now, you know, it, it's going to uh, come up a, a disaster. And I guess because, you know, I've been doing this uh, for so long that I'm paranoid that it's going to be the same thing that we did before. And I can remember this is... This is pretty close. I'm not far off. I can remember a discrete plate being 25 cents a pound. And then we got to where uh, by, by the time it was over and people were, uh, one of the ones I know that took the biggest hit was uh, Max Steel. Now, I think they've been bought out by uh, Clockner or one of them groups. But they bought two boatloads, which is 500 tons overseas and like the expression of like a slow boat from China but it took that boat three months to come uh, to shore and see that's the other thing when you buy steel there's no way to price protect it I can give them the order today for whatever I want but that price is only effective on the day of shipment it has nothing to do with the day you order it so if they're quoting you 55 cents a pound uh, FOB your door uh, or that's what the price is that day. It'll be whenever they ship it. That if our price goes up another twenty five percent, that's what you're going to pay. You're going to pay at the time of shipment, not at the time of order, because everybody would just book uh, ridiculous orders. And that's what happened when you get, uh, you, you know, you you might think it's greedy, but it's really not, because I know. Uh, you know, still comes a little bit like a patent place. They, they all, uh, you know, we all talk to each other. And, and they're not buying this stuff uh, to sit on it for three months and, and just, you know, make a better market than they would uh, in the stock market or anything else. They're buying it because, of, you know, meeting the uh, demand for the customers. And you're asking me what I'm doing. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm doubling and even tripling uh, the amount of inventory that I normally carry, 
just so I can have it. And then in the meantime, it's absolutely crazy. In the meantime, I'll get orders from people I've never even heard of because they can't get it or whatever, uh, or it's so high. Uh, and then, you know, it got so bad, uh, my price was good as long as it was on the floor. And once it was off the floor, I couldn't guarantee what that price was. Where I normally, my prices are good for 30 days. And the mills were doing exactly what uh, y'all were talking about. They usually send you over a fax if they're going to have a price increase. They'll send you one over in uh, March, and there's going to be a price increase in April. Well, they were sending over faxes, uh, uh, you know, price effective immediately. Not not a 30-day notice, not nothing. And then uh, allocations were, you know, uh, it's how much you can keep up with that uh, the market. And it's like trying to be a stock analyst. Uh, then you would uh, uh, call and say, well, you know, that Rollins closed. Uh, 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 May uh, Rollins closed. June Rollins closed. And it's going to be September. I, I can't make it to September. And, you know, I, uh, I have been... Uh, Loyal as I can be, you know, I use you as much as I can, but y'all are turning me into uh, a professional purchasing agent. You're making me look anywhere and everywhere because I can't, you know, I can't depend on this kind of stuff. So pricing is an issue. There's no doubt about it. Uh, But if you have nothing to sell, you you really got a problem. For sure. James, you were mentioning uh, when we were off air about you uh, helping uh, to meet uh, customer deadlines and achieve their goals. Are you seeing the customers' deadlines and goals switching now? Are they moving them out? Are they understanding what the issues are? And are, are you helping to guide them with the understanding of what's going on? Or are they not believing what the story, what the reality of the story is? Because you don't hear a lot of this on mainstream media. You don't hear it from mainstream presidents and mainstream aides to presidents like Larry Kudlow, who either is uninformed, not knowledgeable, told to say what he said, or he may be telling untruths. So where where do you sit in all of that? Are you well, getting me personally, with I will... customers? Well, me per I don't know about I, I can't tell you exactly what all the other steel companies do outside you know, they'll have a outside salesman, but I will personally get involved, especially with some of my bigger customers. I'll tell them, you know, this, this is what I'm seeing. Can you give me an idea or I'll come down here and we'll make it as efficient we, uh, uh, as we can. Can you give me a forecast of what you think you're gonna use in ninety days? And uh, I will hold those prices based on, uh, you know, an open PO for that, and I'll go ahead and uh, pre-stock it, and that's what I mean by being a bank. But, you know, you have to take care of that customer. And in that situation, that customer uh, appreciates you. But I can't do every every customer like that. There's just, you know, uh, there's no way. And there's people get this um, black and white issues. Uh, it's, it's either black or white. Me, customers are individuals. No two are going to be the same. But one of my customers, uh, when that thing was going on, was in the conveyor business. 
and they did, uh, they manufactured conveyors, and there was uh, President Obama uh, threatening to put all the coal industry out of business. You can't imagine how much uh, pandemonium that uh, creates because, uh, you know, they have backstopped, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff uh, for going on. And then, you know, the manufacturing starts slowing down or either they'll pull it, you know, pull it in-house and they won't sub anything out. Like, if we're doing parts for, uh, without mentioning people's names, but if we're doing parts for, like, uh, the farm implement people, where they just manufacture all these farm implements and stuff. Well, they'll they'll get busy and you know they'll uh, sub it out and they'll give you, you know, when they give you that thing, you can't let them own you. Uh, and most of them uh, don't do you that way, but they're going to control that price. And you try to tell them, I mean, can you imagine if? If I was a vendor for you and I called you up and told you, well, this is going on or whatever, and then two weeks later I call you up and I say, well, Lou, it's going up again. And then two weeks later I call you, well, Lou, it went up again. How many times are you going to let me do that and let me be a vendor? You're going to get somebody else. So you but just have the to problem, sit there and eat James, some of it. James, the problem is that everyone is being affected by this. Oh, yeah. And these. The sad part is that the domestic steel producers are have chimed in to raise prices, which it, it's it's almost criminal, almost almost so collusion, almost collusion. There's no collusion, no collusion. Uh, this is this is absolutely terrible, and uh, I, we don't see an end to this, and it's uh, really tragically uh, affecting. Our country, and uh, it, this is not uh, going to end well. Yeah, I agree, and we're not at that point yet. But I can tell you where it ends: when there's no more business, when you can't buy anymore because it's gone up, and then your customers uh, are, have slowed down to nothing because nobody's buying from uh, from your customers anymore, and they just so you go and bust. We're not there yet. Like I say, the first time, there was a little bit uh, uh, more going on. I, I remember uh, I was working with a manufacturer uh, that makes paving machines, and uh, they got bought out by someplace over in Beijing. But uh, when President Bush comes down there and said, we need to uh, you know, bail the banks out, I, I sit there and I told her, I said, there's no way. If I run a business... There's no way I would, within two weeks, I realize I'm fixing to go broke. They've been knowing this. And, and now to come out and do this, and then I, I can tell you stories that will blow your mind. I mean, they they froze some of my uh, liquid assets that I used to pay my steel bills. Uh, and they were closing them banks left and right. So, yes, it will affect you. And as you uh, pointed out, you know, your number one users in steel are the automotive industry. And then the appliances, and then you've got all these other OEMs uh, with the farm outputs and stuff. It, 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 you know, it's got so many roots, uh, and for, uh, you know, it, it's almost like this feels too good. It, it's like they remind me, and they're at uh, Las Vegas, and they're just rolling the dice, and every time they keep hitting, because you know the orders hadn't slowed down, and it. I, you know, I, I wouldn't want to think anybody's that crazy, but 
it's almost like they're saying, well, why do we want to cut the prices or hold the prices? We've got just as many orders today as we had last month. Let's just go up again. And it's like right. trying and to look, find that I'd apex. Like, I'd like to point out a story that just came out today from Fox News, a Fox News article. Uh, John Hertz, the CEO of JSW Steel in uh, Baytown, Texas, said his company is in lockstep with Trump's approach. Quote, we're in favor of growing the steel industry in this country. JSW Steel, owned by an Indian conglomerate, JSW Group, is embarking on a $500 million overhaul of that plant, and it says they will be uh, creating hundreds of jobs. But this is all a myth. It is definitely a myth, yeah. Absolutely. So... uh, uh, this this just goes to show there there's always two sides of the coin. One is real and one is not. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what, though. I had a friend in Baltimore told me, uh, and I guess you can tell my anxiety levels get up. But he, he told me, he said, why are you always griping? And I said, look, man, this is this is crazy. You know, I, I just like to make a, a reasonable profit level and be consistent year-round versus seeing how much I can get today and worry about, you know, uh, like carpe diem, just picking the lowest fruit. And he said, look, there's two kind of markets. There's a seller's market and there's a buyer's market. Right now it's a seller's market. Load up. It's our turn. I said, I I don't play that game because if you do, you might get caught at that thing. Guess what happened? Oh, he made a bunch of money, made me feel like, you know, I was dumb for not doing that. But when January come around and that thing stopped, he not only did it, uh, he gave every dime back that he made on it, and then some. And then yeah. we spent two years just scrambling, trying to get business back. And that's what I was talking about. What irritating is now it seems like business is coming back. We're starting to get, uh, you know, a little bit healthier, and I've, I've got more business than I've had in the last uh, two or three years. And now they're starting to mess with something. Yeah, Damn, just leave are, stuff James. alone. I mean, if you don't know what you're doing, just <laughs> yeah. leave it alone. Uh, and and yeah. as you said, because uh, everybody wants to emphasize, well, they're putting a tariff on uh, foreign steel. All I ever hear is they're putting a, a tariff on China. It has nothing to do with That's uh, right. uh, South Africa, Ukraine, or whatever. But but because of that phrase right there, that entitles them, or they feel entitled. It's kind of like a mafia thing there. Uh, well, you know, we paid the cops off. Nobody's going to mess with us, so we can just charge whatever we want. Uh, well, James, and I hate to uh, put it that way, but that's what it sounds like. Yeah, we can appreciate your frustration. We're hearing it all over the country now. We're hearing it from people in the steel and aluminum industry. We're going to see a real mess come June when the soybean farmers have to dump their soybeans on a market and create a market glut and the price collapse because China won't buy it anymore. Same for pork. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a mistake. Uh, Trump stepped in this one. Every president who's tried it has stepped in it. So we want to thank you for being on manufacturing talk radio with us and sharing your story. Okay, great. I'm I'm glad y'all had me on. Thank you, James. And good, good luck to you and your customers. All right. You guys have a great day. You too, now. You too, James. And we've okay. been speaking with James Howard, who's president of Howard Steel.
telling us his story of the difficulties he's going through because of the tariffs. Again, the tariffs were laid on to supposedly punish China for dumping steel in the U.S. What's happening is it's punishing the little guy in America. That's really what's happening. The little guy, the little gal running their business in America is getting hurt. You're going to hear a lot more of these stories. There's going to be a lot more pain. Lou, this is not going to be a pretty picture over the next couple of months. No, it's not, and uh, we're, we're going to be talking more about this, and uh, hopefully we'll have some uh, positive effect on getting people to know what's going on, to know what is happening, and how we are being misguided, misled, and dumped on. And, and it's clearly misinformed. We want to thank everyone for listening. We're going to be back with more of these stories, so... Stay tuned with us at MFGTalkRadio.com. All of our stories are posted there. Uh, we also have a, another show, Women in Manufacturing, um, that they're, they're addressing different issues, but it's a great show. It's at WomenAndMFG.com. But again, come back to MFGTalkRadio.com for all of our shows, and we appreciate you listening today. Thanks for joining us on Manufacturing Talk Radio. You can hear our next broadcast each Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at mfgtalkradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.